Greetings Fruits and welcome to episode 6 of We Are All Fruit, a League of Their Own podcast. All you gotta do is get out there and let them taste your chowder. <laughs> I'm Kat. I'm Crystal. And I'm Susanna and today we're discussing episode 6, Stealing Home, Written and directed by everyone's favorite Twitter content liker slash retweeter and one of the creators of the show, Will Graham. And I hope that everybody has about 35 hours set aside to listen to us recap this episode because it's going to be long. (laughs) It's dense. This is a big deal episode. Yeah. This episode is, it almost is two episodes. It's like happy and then whoo. Mm-hmm. A sucker punch oh. to the heart. Yeah. So, listeners, we might have to release this in two parts. Do not complain. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see how we do. I want to say how cute it is when Susanna introduces us, how you enunciate. We are all fruit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we get into this? It's a biggie. Yeah. It's a big episode. No jokes and no asides and no corners. No butt slaps, <laughs> no leanings over, nothing. Just the con. We're just going to read the script <laughs> for 60 minutes to make sure that we actually are on time here. Oh, that would be, that's like, who is Max without baseball? Who are we without counting butt slaps? And right. <laughs> Okay, so the first scene of the episode, we open with a little shot of downtown Rockford, I guess, at the Coronado Theater, which looks super cute, and they are playing Wizard of Oz, which released in 1939, I think, Mm -hmm. and we're in 1943, so this is like, come back, there's like a poster that says, you know, due to popular demand, bringing back the Oz. Bringing back the Oz. (laughs) Bringing Ozzy back. And uh, the team come out of the theater they just saw the movie they're all they're all wearing dresses including lupe except for jess who's like now i'm wearing pants <laughs> still yeah and jess has her arm around maybell it's super cute and maybell's talking about mm-hmm. it. it was amazing how how they used the color the red of the slippers and jess is like i get enough of that in real life <laughs> jess's hatred for living technology <laughs> Yeah. I'm surprised she's not your favorite. Wait, who, okay, if we exclude Greta, who is your favorite? Who's your favorite in terms of you don't want to date them, you just love this character? <laughs> oh, Shirley, for sure. Shirley. Oh, Talk. good one. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we see <laughs> Carson's like dabbing her eyes with a handkerchief. Mm-hmm. The, the Oz g- gave her a little tearjerker. And Lupe asks her if she's been crying again. Credit calls are a little sap. It's so cute. Everything, they're just all so cute here. Just, they're not thinking about baseball. They're just coming out from hanging out, and it's really sweet. And a woman comes up to them all and asks if they're the peaches and then asks for an autograph, and they're taken back by a moment. They can't believe that someone just came and asked for their autograph. And we should mention that this scene takes place three months from where we left off. So we are fast forwarding mm. in time. Which, Wait. Yes. How do you get that? Is this going to take too much time for the podcast to figure this out? If so, cut it. 
We didn't no, say that. It's really important. No, it's really important that we fast forward it. Yeah, we're three months into the leaks at this point. I don't remember where I got it from, but at some point we learn mm, that it's great. been three months. But not three I months don't since remember. the last episode. Not three months since the last episode, but into okay. the leaks, which is very close to when the last episode was. Huh. So we can okay. assume that like everybody's been banging and, you know. <laughs> like the, the Carson and Greta's... The technical it's term. Because Carson and Greta's relationship has progressed. Jess and Lupe have, um, you know, become regulars at the gay bar. Jess refers back to like the first night at the bar, but but now they're even falling asleep, right? Like all this, we don't have to mention this, but time has passed. Hmm. I see. I don't know how you deduced this, but I'm going to go with it. It's in there. I promise I didn't make it up. <laughs> Someone on uh, Twitter mentioned that when the woman came up and was just like, we love you, Peaches. Lupe was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you going to say here? We know. I know you from the bar. Right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Going back. Yeah, we don't know this woman yet, but we're going to see her again this episode. And yeah, Lupe mm-hmm. would recognize her and has to play it off. So after uh, the, the cute little moment where they realize they're all famous, Carson pulls Shirley aside and asks what their chances of winning the championship is and Shirley's like I can I can do the calculations and she's like okay do it but don't don't tell anyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) she doesn't want to get into anyone's head she's like full coach mode now Uh, a a man comes up to Shirley and gives her flowers and says that he's her biggest fan and Shirley does this like (gasps) like this gasp (laughs) it's so funny and then uh, also is like I'm famous they're all like on such a high right now Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to know that this is how men should praise women. Just give them a gift and then walk away expecting nothing in return. That's the way to do it. <laughs> he just Leave. leaves. He's like, I'm your biggest fan. And then gone. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be done. <laughs> just men or anybody? Just men. Okay. That's the level of interaction. Just gift giving. We're back at the Peaches house. And I, when we were watching this last night, I heard Crystal had such a... I walked by and Crystal had such a serious look on her face. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I hate what they did to Esty. They did not ask her if she wanted to go to the I'm so upset about this. This is the most upsetting thing in the episode, including the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, why didn't they invite her? Is it because they assumed that she doesn't speak English and therefore she's able to understand everything they're telling her. She's just not Mm -hmm. speaking back. Yeah. I I am upset that, like, sure, I'm upset at Lupe for not inviting her, but the, anyone should have invited mm-hmm. her. Why did they all went out without her? I'm so, she's crying, and she was, like, mm-hmm. sitting down with her little, I guess she was reading a little, like, translation book, like, trying to figure mm-hmm. out the words to say when they came in, and oh, it's so heartbreaking. This is, like, the saddest moment in the whole show for me. <laughs> and she made, she had those two cute ponytails, just like oh, exactly Judy like Doris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. she said she had a dress picked out like she wanted yeah. to see the movie and they all went without her it's really sad like like full just excluded her mm-hmm. i mean even jess how did jess not invite her jess like loves her and is always taking care yeah. of her and oh mm-hmm. it makes me so sad justice for us carson runs over to her and is just like oh that was a great catch and <laughs> estee's like look at i know i'm good on the field or whatever i just 
really wanted to go to the movies. Just you don't have to make it better by telling me how good I am. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> just invite me to the movies. Carson over here is uh, Beverly on the phone with Mr. Marshall, and she's trying to defend something. And then Beverly's like, oh, you shouldn't be eavesdropping. And she's like, I need to know what's going on. And Beverly tells Carson that um, Mr. Baker thinks that the major leagues will shut down next year and the AAGPB. It's really hard to say that. It, I know. The girls' league <laughs> could take over the field. Could call it the Agapol. Ag, Agab- How about girls' league? I'm just going to say okay. girls' league. <laughs> so Carson's like, well, this is good, right? Like, girls for life. Let's just have lady baseball and Beverly's like no they want to trade to some to be fair she does not say that <laughs> this is cat making up she's like she... girl power peace sign <laughs> yeah like what the hell wubba 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 goodbye god bless <laughs> I know she doesn't but I mean we can't I'm giving you a little 2010s 2020s Inside 2010 thanks <laughs> our updated references are dated <laughs> Look, the point is, mm-hmm. Beverly says that they, Mr. Marshall, wants to trade some of the Peaches' best player to the other two teams to even it out. So everyone's watching mm-hmm. all of the, the games. He wants to make two all-star teams to make it like the best More possible exciting. baseball game. Yeah, to, to be mm-hmm. exciting, which is bullshit. That's basically what the Dodgers do. Oh, oh shots fired. Sorry, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> History Corner, the women in the uh, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League Very good. played every day and twice on Sundays for a total of 108 games during their first season in 1943. That is insane. How I mean, many games do still play in the MLB? 162. Oh, wow. So almost, yeah. But their mm-hmm. season is much longer, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. six months, so. There's also a really good moment with Beverly who assures Carson that she'll do her best to take as much time as, or prolong the trade, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Carson's like, I thought you didn't care about baseball. And Beverly says, I, I don't. I care about you all. And it's, it's really sweet. Yeah. We love Beverly. We go to the bowling alley with Max and her new friend slash family. She has a cute new short haircut. She's wearing this adorable blouse. And yeah, it's blouse. Really I hate that word. Why? <laughs> I don't like the word all. blouse or brooch. Hmm. <laughs> Those are two words we've mentioned in the last two episodes. <laughs> but I guess my cat is not a listener. Word, my favorite uh-huh. word ever is in this episode, which is so interesting. We'll get to it. Oh, I know it. Yeah, uh-huh. I know your favorite word. Great. <laughs> Anytime there is like a cliffhanger about somebody's nickname or favorite word, I get terrified now. <laughs> <laughs> cliffhanger. Max claims that this is her first time bowling and she is crushing it. And great. She's a little a bit jealous. She's great with balls. Okay. Thanks for that. Hey. I didn't say it this time. No, nope, we did not. <laughs> Bert is looking 
awesome and his suit and his cool tie that I could never pull off in my life. And he's <laughs> bonding, I guess, with the owner of the establishment. Mm. And they're being sort of, you know, mildly misogynistic in discussing like their <laughs> wives and, and who takes care of money, right? Bert is explaining that Gracie essentially runs the household, whereas the bowling alley owner is trying to sort of disparage his wife and their whole arrangement at home. <laughs> and then Max and Gracie have a little interaction in which Gracie calls her a church girl. <laughs> little church girl, praise the Lord. She's being so cute about it. Do we it. need a church girl count? Right. Church girl? <laughs> I think that's the Farm girl? Time. But City it comes girl? up because um, Max is asking Gracie how come they're so comfortable being out in public and Gracie is saying what's the other choice stay home and not right. live our lives that it is dangerous but you know they do okay clearly then she approaches Bert and asks about this kind of confidence and presence that he has and he explains that it's all about the suit if you cut it right if you wear it correctly it commends respect and this is when you know Max is starting to maybe think of what she might look like in different mm -hmm. clothing and also again this idea of uh, things would be so much easier if she were a man but Bert adds some doubt to that like it's actually not that easy and I think mm -hmm. Bert just knows with experience like nothing is yeah. fucking easy for us <laughs> I mean maybe if you were born as a white man sure it would be <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but obviously Bert's life is not a slice of cake either. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that Max, one, uh, she does say it would be so much easier. No one would be asking, you know, when I was going to get married or whatever, but mm -hmm. always bringing up baseball. She's like, and I could play ball. Mm -hmm. That's literally all she cares about. If I were a man, mm -hmm. I could play ball. <laughs> Crystal had an interesting thought here and it wondered what Bert does for a living. And yeah, I wonder that too. He can, like, motorcycle can make you a plate can make you a suit can make you I'm a haircut I'm gonna guess that he is a tailor and we do see sewing machines in their apartment oh do we gosh yeah I didn't mm -hmm. notice when they're talking at the party oh also in the background Gracie's still bowling and just throwing gutters and she says oh shit hell damn it's so good <laughs> it's so funny just throwing all the curse words mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really cute then we cut to Clance, who's at home. She's still working on her comic for Guy, <laughs> talking, talking to herself, herself as through. she does. <laughs> she's talking in this this deep voice, like she's doing Lieutenant Victory's voice. <laughs> it's so funny. She's just doubting herself. Like she's putting herself down. She's obviously frazzled. And I would love to know, they, they really show her drawings here. They've showed a ton of her drawings. I'd love mm -hmm. to find out who did mm. the actual drawings for this show. I did a quick search and I couldn't find anything. But if somebody knows, if, if an artist has spoken up on Twitter or something that did this work, I, don't, I would love to know who it is. Show yourselves. And then Max comes home and uh, Clance is so relieved because she says she's losing it. Max asks why she hasn't sent this comic yet. And she's like, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it tonight. Max has their paychecks again and they they open their paychecks and Clance notices that 
they're short. They obviously worked overtime and they did not get paid for the mm-hmm. overtime. And the checks say something like, thank you for volunteering right. <laughs> for oh, the war. Hell no. Hell no. We are not I am not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Clance also asks Max where she's been the past few nights. She's obviously mm-hmm. been hanging out with Bert and Gracie. And Max is like, I've been out with other friends. And Clance cracks up. <laughs> like she knows you don't have other friends. <laughs> And Max says, well, I've been out with my Aunt Bertie, she says. Clance obviously knows the history that Tony does not speak that name <laughs> because she's like, do you want me to kill you now or do you want to wait for mm-hmm. your mom to kill you? <laughs> and Max is like, well, she's going to h- kill me when she sees my hair anyways. I can't die twice. So <laughs> she knows she's in trouble. And I spotted my first ham sandwich in the show. <laughs> Where's Waldo? Where's Ham? (laughs) It's funny that they said they were in the Peach's house, but there's a half-eaten ham sandwich in Clance's house uh, beside the couch. (laughs) So they're upset. They're worried. Max is worried about Tony killing her. They got their pay cut. Nobody's fine. (laughs) They they go to bed. We're at a Peach's game. They're playing the, the Comets. Their peaches are trailing by two in the ninth. And if they lose this game, no chance at the championship. Ooh. But what was that? Ooh. Was that no chance at the championship? The pressure's on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Lupe gets a hit. Jess and Carson are doing this little foot dance. I can't really explain <laughs> so what it cute. is, but I've I've seen uh, Millie Bobby Brown and the other guy from Stranger Things. Why can't I think of his name? Will those two Noah best friends? They're always Schnapp? doing that. Yeah, Noah, yeah. Schnapp, they're always doing that. I had to put in a little uh, Stranger Things reference here. <laughs> Susanna put in this note like Abby and the Best Buy workers on Broad City, but it's like no, 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 no that no, is no, Bed no, Bath and Beyond. Beyond. Yeah, oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> Abby. <B-B-B. laughs> That like 15 minute foot handshake. Secret handshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the game's going on and Carson is like, okay, I got to be coach Carson here. She sees Alan Baker and he's impressed. And Carson's like, come on. I know you have some pull. You can't break up this team. You know, like everyone wants to root for an underdog. Just give us a chance. And you know, he doesn't really give her an answer, but she's being really positive. She's like, you know, coaching and wrangling what's going on with uh, the team. And she doesn't want to tell the team. Obviously, she doesn't want like this to get in their heads or whatever. But Peaches do end up winning. And Carson feels a little bit better that she had at least some FaceTime with Alan Baker. Junior. Yeah, she's really trying, and the team's on mm. fire. It's awesome. So after they win the game, Carson sees Lupe talking to one of the other players on the comments, and she's wondering what's up. Like, why is why is she talking to her? She's and talking we will, to the enemy. We will come back to that shortly. So at home, the peaches are celebrating. Just decides that Lady Luck is on their side. So from this point on, they can't change anything, including their Just clothes. doesn't believe in anything but luck, which is so weird. She doesn't luck believe in boats. money or color, but 
but just. Right. <laughs> Shirley asks if they can change their thoughts. Or no, we shouldn't, right? She's so funny. <laughs> just was like, keep them the same. Carson with... She has this new hairdo, and I love it. It's so cute. Yeah, it's really cute. She's got, like, a little clip curl. on the side. <laughs> we all notice the little, like, curl. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're... She's, like, hot in this relationship. They're being all cute for each other, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's wearing red lipstick. She's wearing yeah. the, she the was team up. red lipstick. <laughs> the peaches complain that she's having them practicing six hours a day. <laughs> but clearly it's it's bearing results. That's right. They they walk away and then Greta walks into the room and sits next to Carson. Carson is worried about Lupe after seeing her with one of the comets. And it's neat that they kind of exchange the shorthand of, you know, Lupe reference, which means that Carson had already told Greta about her mm-hmm. concerns. Mm-hmm. I like that Greta understood. She wasn't really surprised by it. She's like, well, she's great. She wants to win, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carson's and obviously still, way more upset by this. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're still like that bit of history where they're, they, they think a little less of Lupe still, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Greta urges... The other thing Carson told Greta was about the trade, the upcoming trades. Oh, right. Greta tells Carson to tell the team. And Carson doesn't want them thinking about that stuff. She just wants, this is the same reason she told Shirley not to tell the odds of them winning, right? She just wants them in the game, in the moment, which will come back to that idea of being in the moment time and again throughout the last few episodes. I Um, didn't think about that, that they're like confiding things in each other now. That's really cute. They're such girlfriends. <laughs> this is why it's also important that time has passed, that it's not just right. they hug and decide to keep sneaking around, that they actually have built this relationship and purchased new hair things for their cute hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you two know nothing about hair. Purchase new hair things. <laughs> the two Jesus. short boy haircuts. <laughs> I know she put something in it to make that little curl do things. <laughs> a curl. Mm-hmm. Carson is hopeful that Jess's lady luck will be on their side. And that's when Greta has that cute revelation that she doesn't believe in luck. Because whoever it is, God or lady luck, they give people like us a raw deal. So they can kick oh. rocks, you know? <laughs> True. What does Greta believe in? Why don't you tell us? Greta believes in zoology and astrology. I believe in ice cubes, <laughs> which Carson says is controversial. And what Greta says not to mean? tell anybody. They're so like, the humor is so dry. And it, I, I, yeah, it's like best girlfriends. Not only are you both like hot, but you're also really funny. Silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to note, so earlier, when when Greta refers to people like us and, and being given a raw deal, mm-hmm. the idea that she's now speaking of us, as opposed to Carson's earlier uh. protestations about, I'm not like you, right? All mm. of a sudden, they're, they're the same kind of human. So mm-hmm, I think that's yeah. important, too, for, for Carson's development. Right. Oh, gosh. Nice going. Carson is an us. <laughs> she's an us 
Um, LGBTQ us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, good going. Nice. Next. I know you can't wait to talk about this, and I keep interrupting you. Talk about it. Go on, talk Damn about it. it. It's all in Damn. caps. <laughs> Have a fit. There are Go a lot ahead. of notes in caps this episode. Yeah. So, first of all, I think the ice cubes thing is obviously improvised, right? I, I would love to know. Yeah, I'd love to know. But so, as they're joking, Carson reaches out and touches... Greta's pinky. And oh, <laughs> I, I cannot. This is my second favorite hand squealing from Susanna. Oh. I'll admit, this one got me a little bit. The bus mm-hmm. one did nothing for me. This one was really sweet. What you monster? Monster. <laughs> Romance monster. Mm-hmm. Carson asks if it's if it's okay. Greta just goes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It was really cute. Carson then takes it a step further and she says, you know, I don't know what it was like with Dana, but maybe I could take you out to dinner sometime. It would just look like two friends eating. And Greta says, I wish I could. And she cannot. And then they look forward to the future. Carson says they only have nine uh, games left. And... This is going to end, so she says, I just want it to be as real as we can make it until then. And then Greta jokes that in that case, she has to figure out how to get the team into the championships. <laughs> and then calls her coach and, and sort of, again, you know, poking a little bit of fun at how Carson is so serious about this task. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves her with her little game cards, but not before. She kisses one of them. Oh. And gives it to her with the red lipstick and says, you're so weird. It's so cute. I really love that here. Every time I watch that scene, I think about that card and wonder if someone on set kept that card with a lipstick kiss on it. And (gasps) if they would just auction it off, they could fund season two. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Season two through 22. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That's a great question. Where is the lipstick card? Mm. Mm -hmm. Also... Uh, we were in a card shop a little while ago and we saw it was a, a wrestling Nerd card, a WWE alert. card. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to talk uh, trading cards for a second. And it was this wrestling card of a, of a woman wrestler and the card had like a lipstick kiss on the card. It was like an authentic, you know, this, this woman How kissed this card. How great would that be for, you know, if they did cards of the show, just get a Greta kiss card. Oh my God. <laughs> Yes. Right. Or then you could have scratch and sniff ones like they did for Twin Peaks, but it would just be like a ham sandwich and I don't oh know. Uh, Shirley's <laughs> like can of fish or something. Scratch and sniff botulism. <laughs> Wait, but I am in trading cards. I'm going to propose all these ideas. <laughs> Darcy Carden, get your lips ready. You're going to be kissing lots of index cards. <laughs> After Greta leaves, Carson overhears Beverly and Lupe talking, and Lupe's asking to be switched out, and Carson's alarms continue to go off. Beverly says it's bigger than just you, but she'll consider it. And so Lupe sneaks out. Carson follows her with her little clutch and jacket (laughs) into the night. She continues to follow her. They obviously walked quite a distance because we're back like downtown Rockford by the theater. And Lupe's, you know, 
looking around, making sure no one's following her. She walks down an alley and Carson goes after her. And Lupe walks into a door in this alley and then Carson busts through the door and she is comes into this room. It's just this like kind of eerie, low lit room with some filing cabinets and one mm. man sitting at a desk. <laughs> it, it Talking almost, about the most boring thing. Taxes. If she has tax problems. <laughs> It almost, it felt like a very Twin Peaks moment, like surreal. Like, what is this weird room that she <laughs> just mm-hmm. walked in? And she was just as confused. She was like, what? My my friend just came in here. And mm-hmm. he says, oh, are, are you a friend of Dorothy? Which I'm sure many listeners know that that was kind of code. Maybe not at this exact time, but we know now that, uh, you know, code for are you gay, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I know you. You're one of the the baseball gals and he's like okay come on in your your friend went this way and she's so confused but she goes through this door that he opens and passes through a curtain into a bar this secret bar hidden behind the boring tax room and she sees lupe with the uh, girl from the comets that she was talking to earlier sitting at a table and having drinks and she loses it. She's like, you're here with her? This is so wrong. <laughs> and Lupe, I trusted you. Yeah. And Lupe's like, oh, my God, Carson. No, no, no. Carson is like, this is so wrong. You're trying to get traded. Lupe's thinking, oh, no, she just found out that I'm gay. I'm at a gay bar. <laughs> well, she literally says, I can't believe you're trying to play for the other team, which is, of course, a euphemism for being yeah. gay. And Lupe, right. and it's the hilarious juxtaposition of misunderstandings. I love scenes like this where two people are talking about two different things. <laughs> Lupe's like, please don't tell anyone. And Carson's like, I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the girl from the comments is like, I'm so sorry, Carson. I didn't know she was taking. Yeah, so there's a third thing. They're, they're not just talking about two things because the girl right. is thinking that Carson is into Lupe. And right. Yeah. Jess is going to make says, it better. The, the girl from the comments is like, I wouldn't do that to you, Shaw, which mm-hmm. is so cute because you can tell that, I mean, these four teams have been playing mm-hmm. 108 games together. Like they all know each other really well now and they obviously... We never see them interacting with the other team, really. But there's obviously, like, rapport there, which is really funny. Even though in the official handbook, none of the teams were allowed to hang out together. Oh. In the real in the real league, that was one of the rules. They were not Interesting. allowed to. I'm also sure in the book is you're not supposed to be gay either. So <laughs> why not break all of them? <laughs> right. So the, the girl gets up and leaves and then Jess comes over she's there too with a couple of beers (laughs) Jess is confused about what's going on but like looks so calm though like (laughs) she is not taken aback by Carson being here or anything Carson explains that Lupe's trying to get traded Jess just starts busting a gut laughing (laughs) Lupe's like, what? What is so funny here? Like, she's still really worried that mm-hmm. Carson's, you know, gonna spill the beans about them being gay. And then Jess is like, Carson, look around. Mm-hmm. And this was such a great scene. She, Carson has not realized where she is yet. She just such came a hothead. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so there's this amazing moment where Carson starts looking around the bar that they're in, 
and sees all kinds of non-conforming people, trans people, men kissing men, women kissing women, and it hits her. She's like, wait a minute, where? what is this, like, gay sanctuary mm-hmm. <laughs> I've walked into? And Jess is like, she's like us. <laughs> and this is, I'll let this Kat the say best. this line because this is her favorite. No. Carson from the farm with the hubby at war? <laughs> I'm not from a farm. <laughs> That's my favorite line in this is Carson from the farm with the hubby at war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lupe can't believe it. <laughs> Lupe can't believe the a couple look. of things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, farm count right here. And I just wanted to yeah. note that the last episode, episode five, was the first episode where they did not make a joke about Carson being from the farm. Mm. Didn't notice. How oh, nice of them. <laughs> Carson asks Jess, she's like, wait, how do you, how did you know about me? Mm. <laughs> Jess is like, well, I knew from the first night at the bar, which is so cute. Like, mm-hmm. Jess is a very clearly um, aware tune. person. Yeah, very in tune with everything, the world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and had Carson down immediately. And then she says, but you also fell asleep in my room with Greta, rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greta? That's it. I'm not even going to do the other part. That's you enough. And Greta? Oh, God, behind. <laughs> Who does what? <laughs> we all just lost our minds. I know for a fact that we all lost our minds. I laughed just as hard every time I was I busted up again at that last night the height the height she loses it <laughs> it's such a great as someone line. dating someone as tall as Darcy Carden and me being <laughs> as short as Abby Jacobson I get this <laughs> yeah and like I I generally date people taller than me too and it's like you figure it out Lupe height difference you. is awesome it's just Yes, everyone everyone loves a good height difference. <laughs> I also want to point out that I think Jess is so awesome for knowing all of this and keeping it to herself, even mm-hmm. with her BFF, Lupe. The fact yeah. that Lupe didn't know about Carson means that Jess is just a good person. You can trust Jess. Yeah, Jess is not a gossip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so Carson's really, you know, like shocked by where she is and asks, what is this place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find out very soon after that. It's basically like Oz and Oz is where we're going, but Max and Clance now seeing mm-hmm. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. This is the most outrageous, ridiculous scene. Clance goes off. <laughs> she has opinions <laughs> about the Wizard of Oz and they all these thoughts come to her right as it's happening. Max is also <laughs> crying, which is cute because Carson was also mm-hmm. crying watching this movie. Mm-hmm. But Max is crying and Clance is just not having any of it. <laughs> and she goes like on a rant. I, if I was at this movie, I would seriously, <laughs> I would be don't screaming at Clance theaters, too. <laughs> people. Please don't talk in the theater. 
that she takes it to another level. She's like, Dorothy is evil. That bitch isn't going to get home. <laughs> home, what isn't enough for her? So she invaded another universe, drops a house on the locals, and manipulates those poor bastards to follow her on some fool's errand to follow her for zero pay, <laughs> which they didn't even Glad realize they are volunteering. Uh-huh. Glass is pro- projecting her own predicament onto this movie. <laughs> She's still hung up that they volunteered at the factory. Get it out however you can, clans. I love this because it's actually clans doing critical race theory, right? She's applying. <laughs> yeah. This is what conservatives are so scared of, applying, you know, observations about real life onto sort of cultural objects. And right. she's not wrong. I mean, the musical Wicked is all about reimagining the story from like the witch's perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be so embarrassed. I'd be like, oh, come on, clans. Where's the movies? <laughs> As people who go to the movies a lot. Yeah. And there are often, uh, every time we go see a movie now, I feel like this is a new thing that people just feel comfortable talking at, at a movie theater over the movie it's so annoying Which i feel like I everyone was movies. at pandemic and they were home and they talked throughout the entire time and now we're sitting in movie theaters people just full just i don't like the way this is going this movie's stupid like, it's just like hey, like, hey this yeah. is not your youtube reaction video we're at the theater <laughs> like get your thoughts out after people so at home, they're still on it. Well, Clance is still on it, and Max is eating a sandwich. <laughs> I want to say that this might be my favorite moment or one of the best visual representations of their friendship. Max is so relaxed and chill. She's got her arm draped over the chair, and she's just listening to Clance. She's like, mm-hmm, yep, go on, mm-hmm. go for it. Like She lets her... Go from A to Z, zero to 100. And I love that support. It's so great. So Clance is losing and she's really unraveling here, right? She's connecting <laughs> everything in the movie and everything <laughs> in the factory and everything with the war. And she is now regretting telling Guy to go fight Zittler because, again, she's not wrong, right? The world mm-hmm. is messed up and against people like her. She's making the... Is this where, yeah, where she she talks about, you know, the green color of the mm-hmm. witch signifying, right? Like, look at us. We are the, the, the witches in this story. Um, mm. So I love I love that for Clance, but I do hope she calms down a little bit. As Clance is continuing to spiral, we hear a door knock. And it's Bert. He introduces himself. And Max is panicking. She does not want plans to see mm-hmm. quote-unquote auntie bert as bert is mm-hmm. and so she just starts screaming this is my clans this is my friend clans <laughs> yeah <laughs> my clans is very funny uh bert explains that his friends are coming from detroit says they've had a hard time with the riots and invites max to join and says he made a little something for her we don't know that yet but it's going to be adorable (laughs) quick history corner so during the great migration all these african americans are fleeing violence and poverty in the south and they're coming up to places like detroit and chicago and rockford illinois um but in detroit the riots that that bird is referring to was an actual event that took place in june 
1943. Detroit at that point had 200,000 black residents. They lived in these horrible, crammed apartments in segregated parts of town. The white majority uh, protested violently when the city tried to do something about the problem and integrate the city a little bit more. The KKK becomes um, annoyingly present in the city. And there's this riot in this one area of town where the way it's presented in the 40s is that black and white youths are crashing because of some rumors of violence done to black and white women on either side. Mm -hmm. When they do, so in the end, um, the fighting goes on, uh, goes on all night and is only stopped when 6,000 army troops show up in tanks Jesus. armed with automatic weapons. Nine whites and 25 African-Americans are killed and of those, 17 are killed by the police, whereas zero white people were killed at the hands of the police. And there's an, a reinvestigation of the riots, quote-unquote riots, in the 1990s, which of course revealed that this was not a riot, right? This was not a both sides type thing. This was, in fact, a planned provocation um, against Detroit's black population with young white men traveling from all over specifically to incite violence. So. Mm. I'm glad this is mentioned. This is really important. This is the reality that that black people are living in, and I'm glad that the show is continuing to pay attention to it. I also think it it just brings up this theme that I think we'll see throughout uh, for the duration of the season, which is that black people could not be at the time. You know, they don't. They're not hanging out at a gay bar like Carson and even Lupe and mm -hmm. Jess are. They're creating these communities. They're having these apartment parties, which were a big thing. And ironically, and maybe tragically, but they're safer there, right? Like these communities, they're put in these impossible circumstances where the only hope of safety is with their own people. Mm -hmm. And they thrive. I mean, what we see at the end of this episode how right. actually unsafe the white space is and how relatively safe Bert's house party is. Interesting. Right? Yeah, that's, I have many things to say about that once we get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Two yeah. hours from now. <laughs> <laughs> so Max asks Clance for privacy. Obviously, she's feeling super uncomfortable. Clance is also awkward, pretends to be tired and, and go up to sleep. And that, this is when... Max tells Bert that he can't just come over here like this, and she means looking like this. Mm -hmm. And Bert stands up for himself and says, you know, calls Max out for her hypocrisy. And Max says what Greta told Carson, or I'm sorry, what Carson told Greta in an earlier episode, I'm not like you. Oh, this hurts so bad. Yeah. You can see it on so Bert's face that this really, mm -hmm. this was really hurtful. I think I want to say something about this, though, and that is Bert is understandably upset with the way that Max is treating him, but Bert has had a little more time, a lot more time, uh, feeling mm. more like his authentic self, and Max really is struggling. This is all so new to her. And I, she just needs a minute to catch up. And she brings this up uh, as well at the party, which I really 
like I love their conversation that we'll we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But it is hard, you know, because Bert is there already. He understands mm-hmm. who he is, and Max just doesn't yet. Right. Well, and and Max is not alone, and we see our adorable, perfect, almost perfect glance. Yeah. Yeah. Really validate the feelings of uh, bigotry that Max herself is trying to navigate and when she tell tells max that she understands why tony doesn't want him around and calls him a freak oh i want to talk about this part some more Mm -hmm. because this is this scene is so beautifully acted the look on Mm -hmm. max's face at first uh her back is to clance and when clance says i can see why tony doesn't want him around and the 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 hurt on Max's face mm-hmm. that she just heard her friend say that. And then again, when she, when Clance calls Bert a freak, like the heartbreak on Max's mm-hmm. face is so real. And I bet a lot of people can relate to that, that moment when like this person that you thought really had your back in life and that you hoped so hard would understand you and would be completely on your side. Like, shows that they're not they're not where you're at on something and you know whether that it's also a good example of Clance just kind of saying what people said maybe she's never had to think about queer people or trans people and probably doesn't has not formed an opinion of her own she's just parroting what are the you know the sentiments at the time and it really hurt me like I feel like I've had this happen to me and it like I felt that I almost want to cry right now thinking about it like This someone is not you you wanted so bad them to understand and be on your side and they weren't and it it sucks. Max it sucks. Hug alert. We need an SD oh. hug alert, Max hug alert. Yeah. And crystal hug alert. God, yeah. I'm like right. tearing up like it's really yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, you little freak. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I made it. I'm okay now. I have awesome friends that <laughs> that are also freaks. We'll yeah. Love it. We'll have all the freaks. That's right. That's right. So back at the bar, it it opens with this uh, drag queen singing a, a 1922 song called Why Don't the Men Propose. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And Carson and Lupe and Jess are all sitting at a table and Carson's like, wait, she's like trying to, they're obviously talking about who else in the league is queer. And she's like, Mabel? And they're like, no, <laughs> I wish. We wish. <laughs> Which this goes against Susanna's theory. I know. I know. If Jess, Jess is the one that would know. Obviously, she, she knows would. everything. So yep. <laughs> confirmed, Maybell's straight. However, I still firmly believe would make out with a girl just for fun mm-hmm. and then giggle about it. <laughs> Carson's like, wait, the Blue Sox pitcher, the really girly one? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lupe explains, like, not everybody's butch like us. Like, you're girly, Greta's girly. And Carson's like, What's butch? It's <laughs> so great. Yeah. She's so clueless. What an earnest She's... question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jess says that she bets 35% of the league are queer, <laughs> which I, I wonder I like if those that's numbers. A- yeah, I wonder if that's mm-hmm. accurate. Lupe adds that the Bat Boy is gay and he's like sitting <laughs> off at the bar. <laughs> They give like him waving a little at wave. Yeah. yeah. What was his name? I can't remember his name, but I love that he's Martin. Like, 
Oh, hi, Mari. That's <laughs> so cute. Lupe's like very gay. He's very gay. <laughs> and this is so cute. Carson's so curious now. Like this, mm-hmm. she was in this little bubble with Greta discovering things. And now she's realized that this world is even bigger than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her bubble just got huge and she's so curious. And she's like, wait, have you two been with women <laughs> since mm-hmm. we got here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, how many this week? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like these Such two players. are clearly super players. Yeah. They're going to this bar, picking up, picking up girls every week. One of those, them says exponentially grow by five. I have no idea what it means, and I'd like to find out. Like, what's growing by five? What are the we amount of about? women they've been with every week? I guess. That had to have been Jess that said that because everything that Jess mm-hmm. says is a mystery. Mm-hmm. True. And Carson's like, how do you find them? <laughs> Which is, again, probably a question that a lot of young queer people that are just coming out are wondering. How do I find people like me? Which you know, bless the internet now. It's much easier, right. but I don't Can know I how people you did it back then. Where you find uh, gay people. Like when I was living in Boston, I didn't know anyone gay. Like I felt like I was really struggling. And then right mm-hmm. before I left, I went to a Nico Case concert. I was like, oh, this <laughs> is where they all them. are. <laughs> <laughs> Nico Case. Gosh, that <laughs> actually is a great, that's a great way to find gay people. Go to a concert of someone who is a queer icon in some way. Go to a Dua Lipa concert. Yeah. You're going to see gay people there. <laughs> God, good one. Um, and Jess explains that we, we're all ball players, Carson. We're famous. Everyone wants us. And true. Not wrong. That's mm-hmm. yes, we do. Everyone wants them. <laughs> um, they're looking around. And they see these two twins sitting beside them and they, they're like, oh, twins, which I don't understand the twin fetish. No, that neither do I. People, yeah. mm-hmm. Two of the same thing. Why, why would you want that? Also, why would they want their sisters? They don't want to get together. Like, <laughs> Anyways, they invite these twins over for beers. And Lupe's like, oh, not Carson. She's taken, but I'm free as a foul ball, she says. <laughs> Even though she was just with that girl, Emma, yes, the poor girl from the blue side. <laughs> oh, the comets. Clearly, it's all just a player. fling. Yeah, yeah. And she uh, asks Carson to go fetch them beers while Jess and Lupe flirt with the twins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Carson goes up to the bar and meets the owner of the bar, which is called the Office. You see it on a, a plate above the bar, played by Rosie O'Donnell. Which is really cool because obviously Rosie O'Donnell was um, a star in the original movie. And she asked, she asks Carson, she obviously, if you're the owner of this bar, this very secretive bar, um, and they say that their name is Vi, you would recognize, you know who comes here, you know. Mm -hmm. This person doesn't recognize Carson and is like, have you landed back on earth yet? And Carson, uh, like the look on her face is so cute. Like she's like, no, like she's stunned by where she is and that there are so many people like her. Candy store. Yeah, yeah, she's like a kid <laughs> in a candy store. Um, Rosie's character introduces themselves as Vi. And I just noted that it was kind of funny um, that she's in this film now. And when the movie came out in 1992, Rosie O'Donnell was not publicly out. Mm-hmm. 
much like all the women in the American Girls Baseball League mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was apparently explicitly told to to tone down the queer, mm-hmm. even as she. I bet a lot of the production people knew what was up, right? Yeah, she was told on the set to to act less queer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to take a little break here and ask you guys, because Carson is like having this first experience at a gay bar. Do you guys remember your first time at a gay bar? Cat was 1935. Oh, my God. It was God. this bar. Cat's <laughs> always telling us how much older she is, and it's not that much older. Rude. It's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's probably like either Boston. What was that bar called? Um, a, a gay man grabbed my ass thinking that I was another gay man. I remember that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't entirely unwelcome either. It was just like, oh, okay, no, I'm not a dude, but thanks. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I try to go to the New York ones and like Henrietta Hudson and whatever the other iconic le- the cubby hole mm-hmm. I don't remember which one was the first I do remember my first week in the states and I was what like 22 and told myself that I was bisexual because that sure. seemed safer right uh-huh. and I literally it's my first week at orientation at Yale and Yale has this first of all how bougie they have their own graduate student bar (laughs) so i'm at the door and this bouncer who was a lesbian goes she just goes you're really cute are you gay and i'm (laughs) i'm terrified (laughs) yeah like week one right and i'm like i'm in america now i can be sort of queer but i have to be bi (laughs) and so she she's like and I go, uh, <laughs> she goes, what do you study? And I go, women's gender and sexuality studies. And she goes, yeah, you're gay. Oh my God. <laughs> oh gosh. And that's so how so I lovely. learned about my sexuality. Week one in the States. An older, aggressive lesbian was like, yeah, you're gay. Yeah, and then I decided that I was in love with her because this was like the first woman who like called me gay. Why and wouldn't I try to you pursue right. her? Sounds amazing. She wasn't, but <laughs> I spent oh. months. We did become really good friends in the end. That's really funny. That's but not she's quite not a gay amazing. Bar, but <laughs> okay, oh. what's yours? Tell me. Tell me yours. I actually don't remember my first time going to a gay bar. I remember what the bar was because there's only one where I came from, mm-hmm. and it was. 95% gay men that went there mm-hmm. at the time but I you know I went there with my my straight girlfriends would go there with me which was really sweet of them mm. um so I, I don't have a specific memory of the first time but it was definitely surrounded by men <laughs> unfortunately right mine I don't remember either I I I was going to see bands in the early 90s and they were all like L7 babes in toyland bikini girl it was all right. so that's where i that felt like a a gay bar to me gay bar <laughs> because <laughs> was going to see bands and i'd always mm-hmm. fall in love with the drummer and then date the drummer <laughs> well done well done yeah 
All right, back to the scene. Um, Jess and Lupe are arm wrestling. How this is the most lesbian thing. If you've ever been with a group of lesbians, someone they've probably arm yes. wrestled. Yes, That's what they do. I don't understand. It. This is not my experience, but I support you all. Uh, I no, don't also, arm wrestle, Susanna. You're missing. Like this is a 100% known fact. I you need to get out more and arm wrestle. <laughs> I guess, but this is just what yeah. lesbians do. I don't understand it. I don't either. But, but it's keep, also funny that there's it. these these videos going around of the cast arm wrestling. Right? right? Have you seen them? Yes. There's so many yes. of them, and everybody's always reposting. Yeah, people are not just lesbians. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, I wanted to point out here, though, they show them arm wrestling and you can see Jess's fingernails and she's fucking filthy. They're full of dirt. (laughs) She's obviously not been showering part of her luck routine. Like she's. Oh, gosh, I didn't think about that. (laughs) (laughs) She's just covered in dirt. This must be why she's doing her nails so often. She's got to clean them all the time. And for the rest of the season, her uniform is just so filthy. Like she's always just the fi- her even like her You're, face. She's got dirt she on gets, her face. Like she's yeah, not showering. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jess. Oh, it's really cute though. Jess wins the arm wrestle and then kisses Lupe on the cheek. It's so adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the bar, Vi uh, is talking with Carson still, and they're like, "I can't believe." They make you play in skirts, and Carson's like, oh, I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> um, but Vi points out that you're doing something that no one's ever done before, meaning, you know, coaching the very first women's baseball team. And it's kind of giving her some sweet advice. I really like this moment between the two of them. And then, um, Someone comes up to Vi, and it's their wife, who is the person in the opening scene of this episode, asked for their autograph. <laughs> and Carson's like, wait, I know you from outside of the theater. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, you were with a man then. I just assumed that was mm-hmm. your husband. And she's like, no, no, not my husband. That that guy is actually over there kissing another guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, and- his name is Danny. We have so many. Every man in the show is named Danny. This is so what? funny. They give, yeah. Who? Edie explains. Well, Edie says that that man that she was seen with, that's Danny. And then the woman that, or the man that Greta walked off with in the first episode was Danny, but his name was oh. Peter. I think it's like an <laughs> ongoing joke. Maybe an only joke. I am <laughs> following clearly. Wow. So that's two. Oh. So that's not everybody, but go on. Right, no, there was right. somebody else too. There was somebody else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I also, as Susanna mentioned it. It would have been amazing to see Henry, the the uh, guy from the mm-hmm. hotel in the first episode here. That would have been super mm-hmm. cute if he showed up again. But he's in Chicago. He's a of bad course. boy. He's being bad <laughs> in Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Carson's like, oh, but he's a soldier. And Vi's like, there's a lot of soldiers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Carson's little farm brain is being blown <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's not from a farm. <laughs> um, and Carson asks, how is any of this possible or allowed? And Vi says, very realistically, it's really not. They, This activity that's going on here is illegal. That's why this bar is 
a secret little location and they say that they've faced some hard times and had to move around a lot, but they've been in this location for six years, which is amazing that they've been able to successfully be running this for six years and says that they got married here, not officially, but it was the best day of their life. And Carson's like, gosh, it sounds like a dream, like Oz. And they have a little toast to Dorothy, which I love how much uh, the Wizard of Oz is uh, like a theme in this episode. We're in the Peaches locker room and it's there's this really cute moment. It's like a little aside where you see the whole locker room, you know, all of the people in the locker room. But Carson and Greta are off to the side and she's like, oh, at this bar, like everyone's there. She was there and she was there and it was just so amazing. And everyone was just like us. Again, here is the mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's now, Carson is now part of the us, which mm-hmm. I love. And she asks Greta to come with her, and Greta says they can't do something like that so close to home. It isn't safe. But she was thinking about it, and she will uh, take her out on that date somewhere special. And yeah. it's I want to point out funny. here. Yeah, go on. <laughs> that Greta says, I'm going to take you out on that date. Yeah. I'm going to take you somewhere yeah. special, even though it was Carson that asked her out originally mm-hmm. me and Susanna had a a debate last episode that got cut out whether Greta was the top or bottom here but Greta's the top case closed the top fine <laughs> big D top <laughs> so Carson is giddy and even mm-hmm. Greta is giddy she's like okay I just asked my girl out on a date and we're going and she's like almost like skips And Mm -hmm. pinches Shirley's butt. (laughs) Amazing. I wish Shirley didn't really turn here, but she was probably mortified that that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And there's some dissension in the group whether that is considered a Greta butt slap. I don't, but we're going to count it. Fine. It's getting added to the Greta butt slap. (laughs) Yeah. It was a pinch, but yeah. And someone's like, oh, what's that smell? And it's Anna Socks. And she basically explains that, like, hasn't been changing her socks. And everyone is just gross. And Jess is like, don't say it. Don't say it about, you know, everyone having their little superstitions or whatever. And Greta is rightly disgusted. She's like, wait, you have been showering? And she's like, yes, Jess. (laughs) Lifts up her arm for her to smell under her arm, which I'm sure it smells like a Unicorns and flowers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Carson's like, okay, rally speech. She's like, I'm not going to make it. And everyone's just mm-hmm. like, phew, all right, we're done with your <laughs> trying to be Coach Carson rally speeches. It's like you making pies. It's not the best, but. Aww. And she asked if Carson, if um, Carson asked if Maybell will do it. And well, this she says, she says from now on, someone different's going to make the mm-hmm. rally speech right. every game. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really cute, again, such a great leadership thing to do. She's like, we're on fire. We're all feeling good. Like everyone's going to step up a little bit and let's keep inspiring each other. Team building exercise. Yeah. I'd be so stressed. I hate giving speeches. (laughs) Same. Maybelle goes off about 
trotting out somebody, chowder, gingham, grabs her boobs. That's the speech. <laughs> Go team. <laughs> what did any of what she said mean? <laughs> Who cared? I was riveted. Like everybody else, like Shirley's face was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> face. To track. Yeah, trying uh-huh. to track. That's how it is for all of the speeches. Everyone trying to track. That's the perfect way to say what it. What the hell? Yeah. Because everybody just from such a different background. And talk about farm girl. I don't understand why Maybelle is not farm girl. She's right. literally she's talking, talking about driving about, a pig. Right. <laughs> Little Miss Corn Chowder competition. And the the metaphor, the actual inspiration, quote unquote, that she gives is because you still got the best tit- tits in the hee-haw township, and all you got to do is get out there and let them taste your chowder. That's what she ends on. Like, what the hell? I'm inspired. Uh, yeah. Are you? I'm ready to win Let them games. taste your chowder. That's going to be our new sign-off. <laughs> get out no. there and let them taste your chowder. <laughs> no one's tasted our chowder. <laughs> so, hey, Fruits, this is a really intense important dense beautifully crafted episode of television and we cannot just cut it all up so we're gonna do this in two parts we're gonna release them both the same day so you're really gonna just get this right after it so stay tuned for part two of stealing home